Life is often so busy, taking us here, there, seemingly everywhere. When you are unable to make it to church, we hope you are fed and nourished by listening to the preaching of God's Word wherever you are at the moment. In the meantime, take care, and God bless. Well, Jonah, would you like some cheese with that wine? Now, we are in the final chapter of this marvelously large book of Jonah. And if you haven't had a chance to open it in your Bibles, I really do encourage you to go and find it in that strange part of the middle of the Bible. Read it in its full. You'll be done with it without having come to church all these weeks. It's almost like we should have done that to start. But actually, this book of Jonah has so much for us. And I'm really glad to be able to spend uh, a few minutes with you tonight in the final chapter of the book of Jonah. Now, Pastor Lilliard was really sad last week that he didn't get to go into the last chapter of Jonah. But I bet you that there were some of us in the room who thought that the story of Jonah was over last week, right? If you weren't along with us for the whole ride, we heard this story of this strange man named Jonah who heard the word of the Lord who said, go to that city, Nineveh, that great city. We heard Pastor Gail read tonight. Shows up in the first chapter of this book as well. Go to that great city of Nineveh and cry out against it. And of course, Jonah, as Pastor Peter said in our first week together, was directionally challenged. Jonah, instead of going to Nineveh, that great city, decided that he would make his way to Tarshish and wander all the way in the opposite direction. And one thing that Jonah actually believed in those very first few verses of the scripture is Jonah believed that he could actually outrun God. Do we think that was a good idea? Probably not so much, right? Jonah thought that he could actually outrun and outpace the creator of the universe, the skies, the heavens, the seas, the dry land, the creatures in them, everything. Jonah thought that he'd just hopped the boat to Tarshish, took a nap in the belly of the boat. Maybe, just maybe, he could outrun God. Wrong, of course. Jonah, would you like some cheese with that wine? So here Jonah is on the bottom of the boat, asleep. A storm comes up. Uh, you know the, this part of the story, right? He's tossed overboard and, uh, by these wonderful sailors who actually come to believe in this God, this creator of the, earth, of the universe, the heavens, the earth, and all the creatures in it. But Jonah, tossed overboard. And it actually says in the scriptures that God sends a fish to save Jonah. Now, I just want to pause there for a minute. Whenever I want God to save me, I pray a big prayer, and I'm sure each and every one of us do. God, oh God, please send me a fish. It's what I need, a big fish to swallow me up and save me. But the scriptures say that this fish is what saved Jonah. So God sent this fish to save Jonah. 
And so Jonah spends these few days in the belly of the fish, has this come back to God moment, prays to God, oh, I have, I, I, you know, you had it all wrong, God. I, I will go to Tarshish. I will do what you ask of me. So he finally gets spit up literally back on the beach and ends up saying to God, I will finally go to that land of Tarshish. And I will cry out against them. And as you may have heard from Pastor Lilliard last week, he gave one of the most eloquent uh, sermons in all of scripture. Jonah gives a, an entire sermon that uh, I have already outpaced in the two minutes that I've been talking. Jonah says all of five words. That's it. Five words in Hebrew. I'm going to hit the road. We'll see what God does with the rest of this. And miraculously in this story, everybody turns this city that was the center of everything wrong with the world, this city that had conquered Jonah's people, this city who wanted them wiped off the face of the planet, this city was saved. So Jonah, would you like some cheese with that wine? So Jonah, after crying out against this city, hoping against hope, that this city would be left to fire and brimstone and fireworks. I mean, if there's anything good coming from a prophet, it's that at least you can see the destruction, right? That's what Jonah hoped. And that's what sets us up with this final chapter of Jonah. And I want to read through it a little bit more with you. Pastor Gail read it so beautifully but Jonah's words aren't always beautiful. So follow along with me for a moment. But this was very displeasing to Jonah, and he became angry. Jonah, would you like some cheese with that wine? He prayed to the Lord, and he said, O oh Lord, is not this what I said while I was still in my own country? Well, we actually have, Jonah, what you said while you were still in your own country. And for the record, Jonah, it was nothing. So here we catch Jonah lying. Not to just any Joe Schmo on the side of the road. Jonah's lying to the creator of the universe. The creator of the earth and the seas, the sky and the dry land and every creature in between. Jonah's lying to God. You want some cheese with that wine, Jonah? That is why I fled to Tarshish at the beginning, for I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and ready to relent from punishing. Now, Pastor Gail read that verse quite beautifully, but I imagine that Jonah said it with spit coming out of his mouth, right? Jonah's angry. He's upset. He's saying these words about who God is. God, you are gracious, merciful, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love, and ready to relent from punishing like an accusation, like he's caught God in some sort of misdeed. Gotcha. And here Jonah is, throwing a temper tantrum outside the city of Nineveh. And now, O oh Lord, please take my life from me, for it's better for me to die than to live. Now, 
I may not have been telling the full truth when I said every time I pray to God, I pray for a large fish. You already knew that. But I'm also going to guess it's probably not the best idea for a prophet to dare God to smite me. I mean, just think about this for a moment. We know a little bit about the Old Testament, even if it's from uh, the movies and from Charlton Heston and from all of those big, huge, fiery furnaces. We know a little bit about the Old Testament. And here we have this prophet staring God in between the eyeballs and saying, I dare you. But what does God do? Lightning bolt, right? Smite. Gone. Off the face of the planet. No more breath for Jonah. No. We read on. And the Lord said, Is it right for you to be angry? Now just a minute here. Jonah has complained about you being merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. And not only has Jonah complained, but Jonah goes a step further and says, God, just wipe me off of the face of the planet. I don't even want to be around in a world where you save this giant city from destruction. And God asks a question. Is it right for you to be angry? Slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Then Jonah went out of the city and sat down east of the city and made a booth for himself there. He sat under it in the shade, waiting to see what would become of the city. Now Jonah was hoping against hope that he could find himself nice up on the top of the hill to look out at this city and just hoping, well, God changed his mind once, maybe one more time, God will change and just whoop, wipe this city away. Won't that be fun? Then the Lord God appointed a bush and made it come up over Jonah to give shade over his head to save him from his discomfort. Let me read that one more time. Then the Lord God, the creators of the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land, every creature that is in it, appointed a shrub and made it come up over Jonah to give shade over his head to save him from his discomfort. Gracious, merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. So Jonah, Jonah was happy about the bush. When dawn came up, the next day, God appointed a worm. God, the creator of the universe, the heavens, the seas, the dry land, every creature that lives in between appointed a worm to nibble on this bush so that it withered. And when the sun rose, God prepared a sultry east wind and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that poor Jonah felt a little bit faint. Jonah, you want some cheese with that wine? 
And he asked that he might die. He said, it's better for me to die than to live. Not only does Jonah (laughs) complain to God about who God is, challenge God and stare God in the eyeballs once, but Jonah does this twice. And now is finally when God sends the fireworks, right? Zap, kapow, off of the face of the planet. Verse nine, but God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the bush? Jonah, not once, not twice, but three times. Yes, angry enough to die. Then the story ends, right? Finally, fireworks. Then the Lord said, you are concerned about the bush for which you did not labor and which you did not grow. It came into being in a night and it perished in a night. Should I, the creator of the universe, the earth, the seas, the dry land and every creature in between, should I not be concerned about Nineveh, that great city, in which there are more than 125,000 persons who don't know their right hand from their left, and also many animals. This is one of two books of the Bible that ends in a question. It's almost as if the camera turns from Jonah, this little whining little prophet, and pans out to the rest of us. Should I not? be concerned with that great city full of people and many animals. We've been in these several weeks together, my friends, in this unfinished series from this unfinished prophet. And you have heard sermon after sermon. You have been patient in sermon after sermon from this strange little prophet. This directionally challenged prophet, this lazy preaching prophet, if we might say. This liar of a prophet, right to God. This confused, deluded, misguided prophet. But who is it who's faithful in this text? Who is it who time and time again, even if Jonah holds it as challenge? is gracious, is merciful, is slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. It's God, the creator of the universe. So perhaps the invitation for us is this. Perhaps we might catch a glimpse of ourselves in our laughter at this poor befuddled prophet. Perhaps we might just see the way that we wish those people or that crowd or that city just wasn't around. Perhaps we might hear just a little bit of a mirror to catch a glimpse of our own apathy in the lazy words of Jonah. I'll give it a shot, God. Perhaps we 
might hear the sudden despair when our stories turn upside down, when we're caught in the belly of a fish, when we don't know where tomorrow is coming. And perhaps we might also hear the patience, the love, the grace, and in the enduring wonder of a God who will be patient with us even more than this prophet Jonah, day in, day out. Whether we ask for it, whether we throw it away, our God will listen, our God will be present, and our God will love us to the end of the world and back again. Amen. We hope you found this week's message helpful as you think about how you will live out your faith each day. If you would like to support the ministries at St. Andrew Lutheran Church, you can do so by having your credit card information available and then texting a gift to 952-260-9007. Thank you and God bless.